a new year full of surprises. But one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts of up to 89% off USPS and UPS services. So when postage goes up, your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com is like your own personal post office, wherever you are. You can even take orders on the go with the mobile app. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Schedule package pickups, automatically find the cheapest and fastest shipping options, and seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. There's even a supply store where you can stock up on mailing supplies, labels, even printers. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. All you need is a computer or phone and printer. Take a chunk out of your mailing and shipping costs this year with Stamps.com. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage, and free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. How are you guys doing? Hey, real quick, we've actually just launched the very first episode on Disposed TV. It's actually a, a documentary over Ukraine. It's something you need to go check out. Just it'll be linked at the very top of the description. I'm not gonna. I was about to give you guys a whole rundown of what what happens within it, but that would actually ruin the entire point of you going over there and checking out. It's pretty good. Um, my my one of my new camera guys who's gonna be going over there here in a couple weeks again is is one that actually took all this footage. He was there about two months ago, so. Go check it out. It'll be linked at the very top of the description, or you guys can type in Disposed TV, and it'll pop right up. So, Putin's actually came out and publicly said that he is going to allow for his troops on the eastern side of Ukraine to actually take an operational pause. He congratulated the men on taking the Luhansk region. Now, he, he said the forces that were actually participating in the recent gains are going to be the ones that are going to get the absolute rest and recovery for uh, their military preparedness, for the ongoing stuff that they're going to have to continue with forth I, I guess the best way to put it i mean let's be honest they're not done they have a lot to take if they're going to continue going on this now him saying this publicly is done for a few different reasons now within russia his image of how he treats his military can be somewhat skewed depending on who you ask and we know the morale of the men fighting in this area is very low and they're most likely going to be very tired i mean they just they just went on a very large scale offensive and have been through quite a bit now granted these aren't the guys I guess for the most of the world, the, the world isn't really rooting for these guys, but I can assure you they're extremely tired and they're still human, so they're going to need some rest. Now, who knows how long this will actually last when it comes to this rest and relaxation because Ukraine will more than likely utilize this time to strike back in certain areas they have lost. So the question really is, how long will the Russian military accept the risks of this operational pause to let his troops regain their strength? I don't think it's going to be for very long. Uh, when, I, when I first started doing some research for this video, by the end of it, things have already changed inside this area. I mean, the Ukrainian forces are now going on the offensive in certain areas that they're able to. Now, that's not including if they're able to get some sort of high Mars or some big artillery pieces in this area, which I don't believe they have as of right now. And this is also pretty good timing for the Russian military because I'm fairly confident they've actually almost used all the conventional weaponry it could possibly deploy, including ballistic missiles and strategic bombers. And it's fairly evident as well that they have committed a very large percentage of their combat-capable manpower available to fight in foreign operations. I'm not saying all of them, like all, the, all their combat-capable men, they have to leave some inside of Russia. Now, we know they are running very low on reserves and manpower and general operations with inside of Ukraine. So going back to my original question, how long is Russia going to be able to allow its men to stay with this operational pause? Is it going to be two days, one day, a month? It's definitely not going to be a month, but I don't think it's going to be longer than two weeks. So some of the first footage is coming out of uh, what Severe Nidus actually looks like on the ground after the Russians completely destroyed it.
Now, it really shouldn't shock anybody that it looks like this. Uh, if you guys are over on the YouTube channel, you guys know what I'm talking about. It, it literally was absolutely destroyed. I don't. I, I just don't get it, really. Because you know how many billions of dollars it's going to take to rebuild these cities? So you absolutely demolish them to then rebuild them. But the thing is, if you lose the war inside of Ukraine and you can't, you're going to you're literally going to have to rebuild them no matter what. So I just don't understand it. Uh, it's also now very clear that the Ukrainian military is going to be targeting as many Russian ammo depots and supply routes as they possibly can. Another ammunition depot has now been targeted. Actually, it's been two. Uh, but this one was inside of Kharkiv. And they've also now started targeting the supply routes. A railway infrastructure facility inside of Donetsk was just now targeted. This was actually some of the recently gained areas. Uh, I have some, some clips I'd like to share with you of that as well. And from what I've found, the, the, the Ukrainian military is, is doing some pretty amazing things with these HIMARS already out the gate. They have certain areas, and a lot of the stuff's been geolocated, which I'll be talking about here in a second. But they, they're figuring out the, the outer barrier, I guess you would say. Uh, is, they're, they're pushing these things to, to the limit. Now, these HIMARS are going to cause Russia way more of a headache than I think they're actually originally have thought. And I have seen some geolocated images from the video that the Ukrainian military had posted. So the Ukrainian military posted this video. It was more like a, a hurrah video is the best way for me to put it, like getting getting their men motivated. These things are actually you know, in action. And they were shooting it during the daylight hours, which is kind of insane if you think about it because there might be a UAV that could spot them. But the thing about the HIMARS is it can shoot, drive off, reload. Like it, it doesn't have to be like it literally can fire and forget type deal. It's almost like the, the javelin on wheels. Okay. Now, it's kind of insane that the lengths of people will go to find the exact location of things. And after doing a little bit more digging on the certain individual's account that I was going through, I did realize that they're more on the Russian side of things. So they actually are legitimately trying to figure out the max range of the HIMARS in these certain locations that the HIMARS could be in placed. Like, you guys should see some of the stuff I have to sift through on these accounts. Like, some of these people, I don't ever, like, I, I don't respond to anything. I don't want anybody to know that I'm looking at their stuff. And I, I, I have about 50-ish I sift through on a daily basis. And this was a new one, and I was sifting through his stuff. And I did originally, you never know which side they're on until you scroll, You have to scroll pretty like pretty deep into their stuff and get back towards like the stuff that is like December, January time frame, February. Once you get around there, you can kind of understand exactly where they were, they were going. But this gentleman was actually, or, or individual or, or female, I don't know what it is. This is individual. It, it was actually literally... Uh, taking the max effective range of each HIMARS and they were, they were putting the routes of where it could go and, and where they can be in place to hit certain targets. And they had actually geolocated the exact location. And I'm not going to share it on here, but the images, the exact location, like I, I don't think it's kind of hard for me to tell you guys, if you were to take the map of Ukraine, expand it all the way out, look at all the road systems, this person legitimately, Went back on like Google Earth, you know, or Google Maps when they drive around on the roads. Found the two telephone poles that were sticking up. The exact same two with the trees that were aligned. From that video, found the exact location and trajectory of the round. And found out that that is the exact spot that it hit multiple. I mean, that it's pretty insane. It, it, it's pretty nuts. But um, the Ukrainians were actually able to utilize the high marsh to target Russian assets at one of the air bases within multiple. Hundreds of Russians were actually killed during this attack. I didn't know this, by the way, when I was doing all this research. This actually, over the last 12 hours, as information started to filter out, uh, the mayor of the city has actually publicly stated that the Ukrainian hit a warehouse 
that was filled with ammunition, once again, fuel, and lubricants. Lubricants is kind of a strange word, but I, I think maybe the, no, fuel, lubricants, anyway, oil, I guess you would say. Uh, they also hit the barracks that were on the base. More than 200 soldiers were KIA, along with 300 wounded. So we're talking like this is a this is another 500. This is a mass casualty event. This was all induced by the HIMARS. And from what I can tell, they were able to actually determine the max range of these HIMARS, like I told you guys before, and they 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 put it to the test. That is the Ukrainians. They literally put it to the test because it was legitimately on the max range. Like when you look at the bubble, like the little circle where it's at. It was a, a exactly like to the T within like a quarter mile of the, its max range of doing this. Now, we have to remember these HIMARS are extremely mobile, so it will cause a little bit of confusion and will be extremely difficult to track. Now, I'm going to tell you right now, a lot of this information is always going to be st- stale in a in certain sense. Like all the stuff that I'm getting is going to be somewhat stale to the men that are on the ground. And that's why I don't really mind talking about it um, because it's always going to be about 12 to 24 hours old. Um, some people may not, some of it's actually really fast up to date, but by the time this video goes live, they're always going to be about 12 to 24 hours old. It's not because that's why I want it to be. It's just how information gets filtered. Now we know that they were utilizing these high marks down near Odessa. And I'm also fairly confident that they've actually been utilizing the down in Kirsten as well. Essentially every major city, the Russians hold in the Southern portion of Ukraine has a chance of actually being touched by a high Mars. Just so you guys are aware the way that the circle works they're, they're, they're depending on where the, the high Mars would be laid out as. They literally could touch every single major city in town that is controlled by the Russians down in the southern portion. And from what I could tell, there's been 12 separate warehouses over the last 24 hours inside the southern region were targeted and destroyed today along with that one fuel depot. So we're talking 12 separate warehouses. What are these warehouses going to be full of? Ammunition, supplies, food. Like that is li- that's literally what they're going after. With these high, yes, they're very expensive rounds to be hitting, but now they're going after. If you can't take out, if, if Russia has a massive surplus of men, which we know that they have an overwhelming amount compared to what the Ukrainians have on the ground when it comes to fighting force, they're going to go after their, their supply, and that's exactly what they're doing. They found the weak point, which seems about a week ago, they found the weak point of the Russian military. And now they're honing in and they're absolutely dist- like I, I couldn't imagine over the next two to three weeks because right now, just roughly in my head, that's about 30 of them. That's 30 depots between warehouses, fuel depots and ammunition depots that have been destroyed over the last week. That is a lot. Another indication the Ukrainians have found a soft spot, like I said, inside the Russian military, and they're going to explore it and exploit it, uh, trying to take out all the supplies. So. This is uh, probably one of the strangest marketing schemes, by the way, I've ever seen. And I know this is a little bit off, 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 off topic or off. Side. I mean, it was, it, it's coming from Russia, and it is a marketing scheme. I, I've never, I don't, I don't know. I thought it originally was a parody, and it's not. So I have to share it with you guys. So if you guys are on the YouTube channel, you're going to enjoy this clip I'm about to play. If you guys are listening to this on podcast, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna, I'll say a piece for you here in a second. So everybody who did not get to watch the clip that is listening through your ears, if you're wondering, you can now get implants done inside of Russia. Yes, I, I, I know. That's what I'm talking about. That are literally of Russian army camo patterns, or you can get the nice big Z emblem also in the flag color. I, I, I'm not even kidding. That's real. Like I'm going to read off a piece exactly from the video. The doctor literally said this is a stylish solution. Oh God, this is good. 
This is a stylish solution for those who love their motherland and want to do something more than just put a sticker on their car or a tattoo on their shoulder. And then later on inside the video, the girl actually talks about how she is going to love the new implants because she will always have the motherland close to her heart. I don't know. I am actually very curious uh, if you could see the camo pattern through of the implant, if you like st stuck a certain little light up to the skin. Oh, man. Anyway, that's uh, one strange thing. We didn't we didn't have to listen to Russian State TV today, but we, we did get to talk about Russian implants. And for some reason, I very strange. All right, so we're going to move over to some mapping and what's going on on the ground. There's a uh, possibility that the Russian military was actually able to regain control of the town of Rubazine once again on the northeastern side of Kharkiv. I haven't actually fully encircled Rubazine with the red yet, but I did add this right there. But I'm, I'm going to tell you guys right now, this will be like, what, the fifth time this, this, this town is retaken and, and lost and retaken and lost. There are a few other attacks that were actually um, repelled by the Ukrainian military just outside of Kozacha Lopan on the most northern side, I guess you would say, of Kharkiv. But other than that, it's been fairly quiet. There hasn't been very much. Um, Rubazine's pretty much been the only area that's lost some ground. Now we're going to shift down towards Izium. Back up just a tad here. All right, now we're getting down to the Izium. All right, so the fighting has actually continued on the western side of Izium as the Russian forces continue to hold off the advancing Ukrainian troops from gaining any more ground towards the city center itself. Now, Russian forces have actually continued to attack Bohorodichain. Bohorodichain. I don't know why that one's so difficult. Anyway, from the northwest, and I'm going to tell you right now, they're attempting to move down the main road, but every single one of the attacks has been repelled so far by the Ukrainian forces. Now, the Russians have also been attempting to actually push a flanking element on the southwest side of Dolnia, uh, but is met without literally no success. And this is the area I'm talking about. They push an element down this way, try to get around, but they weren't able to. It's, it's been essentially, well, it's been smothered. The Russian military has actually struggled to gain any sort of success in the southern portion of Izium over the last month, and I think this would become very critical uh, going through to the next month. We could possibly see some sort of Russian units be shift over from the eastern side of Ukraine because we know that they have now they have a plethora of units over there, and they actually took some units from Izium. Uh, they need to help facilitate with the gain uh, with gaining a possible foothold towards the city of Slavinas itself. I do believe this area will become extremely important to the Russians here very soon because they will realize they will have to have this route leading into Slavinas to secure any sort of success inside of the area. And the MO3 route is the one I'm talking about. I, they haven't been able to take Borho design uh, this entire time. And I told you guys, I believe they're going to take this main route and somehow get behind them. That's pretty much the only way I see them doing it with, with how the layout of the land sets up over there. It's literally hilltop to hilltop with a big valley in between. It's going to be very difficult for those men to actually push through. Now, I don't know how they haven't been able to push through this area, Krizhnopia, uh, Donya area. They haven't been able to push through there as the Russians for well over a month. And I would assume at this point, just like Dovenki, Dovenki was lost, not because the Ukrainians didn't have enough men and weren't fighting there. It's because they, they literally leveled the entire city to dust and there was nowhere for them to actually defend. You know what I mean? Now, we know that Putin has actually called for an operational pause to let his army regroup and refit and whatnot inside of his area prior to making these, these gains. Now, in my previous episode, I actually spoke about the fact that the Russians are going to be essentially fighting down here towards Seversk, which they will be able to do this, and it's going to make it fairly easy terrain to, to manage. 
But I honestly didn't account for one major thing. So this is what I'm going to be talking about. We're going to shift over here. That's pretty much what's been going on in Izium. So now we're going to shift more towards the Severe Nadez Liz Chansk area where the, the major offensive movement is going on. So Seversk is right here. This is the area I'm talking about. Now the backside of this Seversk is basically, uh, it's a hilltop. It's, it's where the hilltop is. And this whole route leading down into it is actually sloping downhill. So it's going to be a little bit easier for them to maintain. Now, in between Siversk and Slovenask, remember, these are really high uh, ridges, really high um, hills, I guess you would say. The highest points are right there. It's going to be very difficult to go up and over. Now, like I said in my previous episode, I spoke on the fact that Russians are going to be fighting downhill, downhill. Okay. Now, the Ukrainian military is going to actually be able to utilize something that I didn't even think about. Uh, with the terrain on the backside of the city, is going to set up for a reverse slope defense. Okay. Some of you guys may not know what that is, so I'm going to touch on it just a tad bit. This is when a defending force is actually positioned on the slope of an elevated terrain. Okay, Kind of like this, somewhere right here in the middle, Okay, just so you have an understanding. Now, they're going to be set up either on a hill, ridge, or a mountain. On this side, it's going to be a hill, clearly. And they're going to be set up on the opposite side from the attacking force. So the attacking force is going to be looking at them. This type of tactic is generally used to hinder the attacker's long-range effectiveness from like the opposing force's tanks and artillery. Okay, now just because Putin has stated for his troops in this area going to take an operational pause, they do not expect uh, certain units inside of the Russian military to actually stop working. You know what I mean? Like recon elements and stuff like that. They're always going to be do, doing their thing. Now, Russian recon elements have actually made it to the outer edges of Seversk itself, which honestly isn't super surprising because these elements are generally always going to be first in for the most part. They have to paint a picture back to the or what's going on on the ground inside the area, back to the commander so he then can make a decision as to what needs to be done and how to take the area. So that's not really shocking that we actually seeing recon elements. Recon elements have, have actually got into this area. The Russian military was actually able to take control of one more town inside this area the last 24 hours is Spiren, Spiren. Uh We've seen this area actually have pretty, pretty heavy fighting over the last two weeks or so. Like it's been heavily contested. And I will say not only were the Ukrainians able to halt the offensive on the northern side near the river, which is actually somewhat shocking to me. I thought they were actually going to, and I'm not going to say steamroll, but just kind of, I thought the Russians were going to be able to kind of just work their way through the side of the river. And just because I thought all the troops were going to pull back into that, that area. Seversk. I was, I was incorrect. Not only were they able to halt the offensive near the river. Okay. They were able to mount a counteroffensive and may have possibly regained control of Bielorovica again. This is, this is it's kind of a big deal. I, I thought they were initially, like I said, they were going to pull all the troops back into Zversk on these hills and then actually just maintain this this ground. Okay, now, not only that, they, they want to the counteroffensive and actually regain control of one of the towns they've lost. This is coming as Putin is trying to actually get his men in the region some rest and relaxation, and I'm not entirely sure that it's going to pan out very well, especially if they're starting to move high Mars into this area. Imagine they get high Mars in this area. That's going to change a lot of things. I don't know if they're going to be able to want to risk that kind of stuff because there is a lot of air assets moving, or most of the air assets inside of Russia, or excuse me, that are Russian air assets moving inside of Ukraine or inside of this area. So that's pretty much what's been going on. Not a lot other than on the southern side of Bakhmut, the Russians have, have control of MO3 route. So there is an area that's just down here, the Ukrainian forces, which are still kind of slightly on the verge of being cut off, but they're not yet. So... That's pretty much it. Over the, over the next 24 to 48 hours, I don't see a lot of movement by the Russians. They probably want to maintain ground, don't lose any. I don't see them pushing towards Seversk just yet. So we're going to move over to Kyrgyzstan. So we were just sitting over here in Seversk, Lischansk area. We're actually going to shift our way all the way around, zoom out a little bit for you guys, a little bit more of a better picture. 
So we're going to be going from here all the way over to here. This is the area I'm going to be talking about. So this, when I'm talking about Kirsten, I'm talking about this. Now, there's been a blackout for the most part. Um, I can assure you there's been some movement though, over the last three days in and around Kirsten, not in Kirsten itself. But the Ukrainian government is still asking for a blackout of information. I personally believe they have more than one HIMARS down inside of this area working because this is one of the areas where that, uh, that those images and this video has actually been geolocated back, not, not Kirsten, but a little bit farther east of here. But they're continuing to try to regain control of the lost ground. I've read multiple uh, reports at towns of being liberated over the last 48 hours and actually being held, with most most of them mainly being in the northern portion of this front, I guess you'd say, all the way to the northern, northern side. Now, I do know that one of the towns down around Kirsten has had control switched two separate times within the last three days. And I spoke to a gentleman that has actually been personally fighting down inside of this area, and he told me that it's been slow going over the last month down here in the Kirsten area due to how the terrain is laid out. And there's a lot of farms, uh, a lot of fields, making it very difficult to advance on the Russian forces holding the ground. And this is why the HIMARS will actually play a key role inside this area if they're actually down there. Now, it would basically give the Ukrainians the ability to get some sort of freedom of movement to actually make a pushback towards Kyrgyzstan. Because right now, you just have infantrymen that are trying to advance on tanks in fortified positions. So it's really in open areas. So it's extremely difficult. you got to work at night. Just It's just... I, I can imagine trying to get across an open. It just wouldn't be fun. I mean, I wouldn't want to do it. That doesn't sound like fun. You'd probably wait till artillery came in to smash the living snot, I guess you would say, out of the Russian heavy art or uh, heavy heavy armored pieces. So, anyway, hope you guys didn't enjoy this. I'm gonna be traveling a ton today. I'll catch you guys in a hotel somewhere else, in a far far away from where I'm at now. So I do love you guys. Thanks for hanging out with me. I will catch you guys on another episode. I'm out. <laughs>